Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Reason is uh, what's in the choice. Skeptics know that you do have a voice. Science is not so we'll be defying it is what we know so it's best to apply it. Feed you information, deposit the knowledge so you know ignorance is not an option. Welcome to the RSS feed with your host Raymond Rose. Skeptical superwoman but in plain clothes. She ain't no Jane Doe, nor she a day old. So the core arguments weakly molded like Plato. Kicking false info like Kato, but it should be a J-O. You expand your mind like a transit line. Nothing is ever true, cause you think so is evident that you never win. Cause the evidence you present is irrelevant in the present sense. It's reckless and negligence. Never ask questions or to think ignorance is good to relish it. So we spark the faith, cause you know the truth is hard to take, especially with so many falsehoods that we are today. Ocean reality, we start to face Shout out to the skeptics My freak thinking to live a cow Massage that fire and heat Seeking aim that you shoot or win the lex You weak creatures, Christian scientists To debate evolution Elitists in the government that hate the revolution Armchair, acting that you overthink Your contribution to the movement Cause they say they have solutions So it's best to listen To understand skepticism is the religion And so we get a better vision of how the world works in What we call marvelous to make a better future You know that it starts with us, progressive thoughts, progressive talks, the sharing of ideas, the medicine we need. Another dose of the RSSP. Say what? Another dose of the RSSP. Hey, everybody, it's Rena, and uh, back with another episode of the RSS feed. Uh, today, we're having a little conversation with my homegirl, Kim, and um, as a, a new friend, hopefully friend, of the show, Carl Eburn. Um, so how are you guys doing? Say hey, everybody. Hello, hey. all. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carl, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Since got I'll you. tell you a little bit about myself. Well, I'm a 37-year-old black man, a free thinker, uh, born with a face for radio. Um, I, <laughs> I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure that's not true. Go ahead. Uh, father of three, uh, two beautiful young girls, and one rambunctious, handsome young man. Uh, if by any time in our call you hear some crazy noises, that would be them. And just think of it as, you know, realistic life as it happens kind of art kind of thing going on. And let's just All go right. with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No problem. Yeah, yeah man. So, okay. Uh, not, not much to say about myself. I'm just happy to be here. I'm, you know, big fan of you guys. Well, we're um, we're happy to have you. So. Um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Kim, how you doing up there in Chicago? Again, it's a lazy afternoon. We're doing all right today. <laughs> it's pretty good. Not too cold. Not too hot. <laughs> this is just how I like it. 
you know, but hey, all is well, all is well. What about yourself? Uh, you know, same here, slow motion. But um yeah, so today, um, you know, we're just gonna have a little bit of conversation and you guys are free to participate. Uh the number is three ten nine eight two uh forty two seventy three. Um so uh yeah, so I think the first thing that's kind of on my mind, I kinda posted a little question on your wall, Kim, about <laughs> about when they're gonna start calling the Oklahoma, you know, tornado victims, you know, and our our hearts go out to them and, you know, it's it's hard, you know, to lose everything that you own and to lose loved ones and, you know, friends and you know and and, and so that. much as so many of those people have. So by no means am I trivializing what's happened to them. But I think that we we sometimes have to, you know, take a step back and kind of consider these things into a larger picture, um, you know, where we've had other natural disasters in the past where American citizens were referred to as refugees and another natural disaster happens and, no, these people aren't refugees. They're not referred to as refugees. But I guess, of course, exactly. this being mostly affecting, you know, white, you know, Midwesterners, that somehow this situation is read differently. And, you know, like I said, again, this is not about, you know, the, you know, trivializing what they've been through, but just being realistic about how our society views these things. You know, what do you guys think? Um, if I, I think you're 100% spot on um, about, you know, about your feelings in regards to that. Um, again, it's not, you know, our, all of our hearts go out to those folks that are being affected by those tragedies. And living in Florida, I'm sitting here, we're in hurricane season already, so, you know, I'm just sitting here just hoping against hope that, you know, we don't have to experience the same thing. But there is something about when natural disasters hit this area. I remember because Katrina, not in a large way, hit us, not as badly as it right. did the Gulf Coast. We got hit. And, but I do recall that time where, you know, the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, and because it, it's a large, a densely populated area for, you know, poor, mostly African-American uh, people, there was this really condescending attitude um, that that it's supposed to happen there. You know, like, well, you didn't do what you were supposed to do and that's why it kind of happened to you. Like it was supposed to happen, whereas when it happens in Oklahoma or Tornado Alley, where where folks literally, you know, like in, in New Orleans and in Mississippi, you know, people were ridiculed for building their homes near, you know, below sea level or near levees. But in Tornado Alley, where Oklahoma is, no one said anything about building your house or putting up your trailer in a empty, open field where tornadoes tend to happen. But when Katrina happens, you get that, you know, well, yeah, you know, you were dumb enough to do that. You get what you deserve. And, and right. I mean, and we talk, they, and all this talk about responsibility, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you have to take responsibility for this for this hurricane that happened to you. But why do I have to take responsibility for this? And then, you know, the the sort of, you know, talking about, um, you know, the fact that these people were given notice, that they needed to clear out. Well, how were they supposed to do this? You know what I mean? With what vehicles? You know, what was provided? 
you know, and, you know, this is, this is again, like I said, this is, it, it sort of bothers me when I'm watching what essentially is the same sort of event, you know, quote-unquote act of God, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not a bomb that went off, you know what I mean? Sure. Not a, you know, this we're not in the midst of war, <laughs> you know what I mean, right. in these two scenarios. We're talking about Americans who were affected by natural disasters in their homes. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're treated complete in completely different ways. Yeah, exactly. But you know, and, and to a larger extent, it, it, and it goes it goes beyond just the issue of natural disasters. I know me and Kim were mm-hmm. talking earlier this week. When it comes to people of color, there's this attitude like you somehow it's supposed to happen to you. If you look at the other mm-hmm. man-made tragedies that we have seen, you know, Aurora, Colorado, Virginia Tech, Sandy Hook. These shootings, the perception is these things aren't supposed to happen there, as if there is a place where it's supposed to happen. Because when they had the shootout at the Mother's Day Parade um, just recently in New Orleans, you know, the reaction was, eh, you know, eh, okay, yeah, yeah. it's pretty much what Lil Wayne said in his album. So they just let it slide. And there's that weird perception that there's a part of the world or a section of society or a section of this country that deserves to be crapped on, you know, that doesn't, we don't need to focus our services there. Um, and again, too, and it's not, it's, it, it, it's, it's an issue of race. Where suffering also, on this level is acceptable. Yeah. yeah, like it's some way it should happen. And, you know, also, too, it's not also an issue of race. It's also an issue of, I think, Poverty. If you think about the young yeah, ladies, absolutely. if you think about the women in Cleveland that have been that were missing for a decade, if there were yeah. there's a belief that that part of the world didn't need proper police, you know, surveillance or didn't need the authorities to have a tighter grip on, or understanding of the community. I mean, do you think in a more affluent neighborhood, three girls could go missing for ten years on the same block? That they live yeah, on. it's so, yeah, it's very doubtful. You know, yeah, very doubtful. So yeah, I get I get nervous when I hear people say we need a tighter grip of police on our community. <laughs> 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 I get nervous when I hear those words, but you know, only yeah. only because uh, only because I think that uh, that our police, uh, the way that we we have our police set up in this country, in, in its sort of militarized form, yeah. is just the wrong way of going about policing, you know, yeah. sort of a more community-based approach, I think, would have much more of an effect on reducing crime than this militaristic, also, you know, also too bad sort of thing that we have. Sorry, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. No, fine. no, back to your, and it goes back to, it goes back to the, right back to the, and the point that started our conversation with Oklahoma. And with these places that are affected by, there and and we got to understand there's a different there's a different mindset with law enforcement and with with the military, depending on who you are and where you are. I'm right. pretty sure that in in more and in the and what you look like because sometimes it's not even who you yeah. are it's just what they think you are, you know exactly. which is which is exactly. which is which is which is relevant of course to the you know to the upcoming you know Zimmerman trial, you know. Oh. Um, and uh, you know, and and how the defense has released all these pictures and things, 
pictures they knew were going to be inadmissible in court, but, um, it, you know, it it dawned on me, you know, when I was reading um, a blog um, over at the um, intersection of madness and reality where the um, mm-hmm. the blogger made a pretty, um, pretty interesting, per, you know, perception that, you know, that the sort of the, the pictures sort of coincided with this call for more money mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. for supporting exactly. George Zimmerman's case. So really right. what it was was a it was a it was a play to get more support behind George Zimmerman Absolutely. who already had raised over $400,000 you know over last year for his first for the um for his bond and for his lawyers and for his own you know sort of support you know during this year where he hasn't been working and what have you um so and I think they said in 2 days they raised something like $38,000 um, you know, so so for for all of you people out there who think that racism is dead, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm just looking. I'm looking at, at George Zimmerman, and he, every time he goes to hearings, I'm thinking they spent at least thirty eight thousand. I mean, if they got forty thousand dollars, I think thirty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine of those dollars went to Quizno sandwiches. Because I I mean, I've had cousins and friends go to jail and. <laughs> I've never mm-hmm. seen people look in good such good health. He's well, he wasn't. Yeah, well, now. he hasn't been in jail all this year, so or he's prison been, or wherever he yeah. is. If he's, out, he's been he's, he's been in hiding. I mean, they, <laughs> they must have spent been. like twenty nine grand at a Waffle House. He looks. Uh, he looks <laughs> <a> Waffle House. <laughs> oh he wow! Looks <laughs> uh, that's a mess. He's robust. That's a healthy fellow. Oh, right there. He's, he's good. I don't think. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I think I think it just I think it just tells you how well he's hiding because because exactly. if he's in the wrong neighborhood he'd be running, you know. Yeah, he but must be, <laughs> but, he must be hiding know, out um, in a golden corral. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my he's in the golden wrong. corral. Oh, um, geez. that's rough. It's another it's another Florida thing. Um, you know, it's another Florida thing. I live here, so. Trayvon Martin is from my neighborhood. Um, we live in Miami mm-hmm. Gardens. He is in. Um, so, hey, I may have encountered the boy, and I didn't even know it until, you know, I saw his face on the news. Um, but, you know, we live in that community where somebody that knows somebody knew him. And so it does bring something home to that. Um, it's the, I guess, criminal version of, uh, it's, it's kind of like a violent version of, what you hear with rape, we have to present something to show that she was asking for it. Yep, exactly. In this case, and it was, it was yeah, she was asking I think for what, it. Yeah, and I think what bothered me about all of these pictures and stuff, I mean, I mean, we, when we think about our culture's obsession with, mm-hmm. you know, sort of criminality and hyper-masculinity, and, you know, this is not something that is just um, – you know, a, a problem in the black community. It's been a problem in, in America, you know what right. I mean, for a very long time, you know, particularly right. with, you know, the, you know, going all the way back to, like, film noir, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, these, um, you know, a lot of the, you know, Scarface and, you know, Al Capone's and, you know, the way that a lot of these, you know, criminals were celebrated as pop icons. You know what exactly. I mean? This is this is a part of our culture. So mm-hmm. when I see these pictures that are supposed to, I guess, instill fear in me, 
I see them and I say, what 17-year-old boy, you know, not all 17-year-old boys, obviously, but the vast majority of 17-year-old boys are going to have some fascination with, with guns. You know, yeah. with with drugs, you know, in some, in, you know, whether 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 it's marijuana or some of the harder, you know, drugs, you know, with alcohol, with sex, with all of these things, because we're in Absolutely. a culture that's awash with it. We're in a culture that tells them that this is where masculinity is, you know, best expressed, you know. Well, and so two- and so it bothered me to see that because I'm thinking I'm seeing Trayvon Martin and I'm thinking about what was Sarah Palin's um, daughter's um, boyfriend's or Biggie's father's name, the the gentleman who had all those pictures with the shotguns and stuff, uh, it looks no different to me than if you yeah. would have put those up there. But we don't. But, but in our culture, we're conditioned to see a black a black child. You know, no matter you know a black man, a black a black woman, black people really. But even black children are not given you know this um, assumption of innocence. You know what I mean? They're right. automatically perceived as a threat or or perceived as having adult sort of level agency, you know, when it comes to their mistakes, like this girl, um, uh, is her name Tierra or Kier Wilmot, you know, the girl yeah. who was being initially charged with, um, you know, the, uh, what, was, what was the charge? I forget what the charge was. It was something. The charge was or whatever, right? Um Okay. Again. Right. Terrorism. Florida again, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, yeah. sorry, I'm sorry for apologizing for my state so much, guys. I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> uh, basically, what uh, I mean, the long and short of it, and there, there are other details to it, but the long and short of it was yeah. she she, she executed an unsupervised science experiment. And yeah. because we're, you know, we're so terrified of our own shadows now in this culture, something that should have just been like at the most maybe a one-day suspension and maybe some community service or whatever, uh, turned into yes, this this child tried to blow up the school. Really, yeah. and it turned it, and it really was a child just, a child who had good grades and a future ahead of her. Exactly, yeah. and it the people it just got it got out of hand where grown ups somebody that has a working brain should have stopped and gone. And again, I'm sorry, Florida, we have, kind of have a dirt of that. Um, somebody with a functioning brain was wait a minute, this kid is not the doesn't fit the profile of somebody who wants to do that. It was an unsupervised experiment. Nobody's saying that was right. But she did it with the best intentions. No one got hurt. So even if we do penalize her, let's do this the right way. No, they went straight to the, yeah, let's get her off to the first boat to Guantanamo. You know, it's like, really? Right. Seriously? Yeah. Right. So. I mean, it's, it's I know, and, all, and since, since you're talking about Guantanamo, okay, um, <laughs> it, it just made me, just, you know, it just made me think about, <laughs> it just made me think about, um, about Asada Shakur, because I wow. think no matter what you think about Asada Shakur, you know what I mean, and, you know, her guilt, which I don't really think that she was guilty of what she's been accused of, because how could someone, you know, shoot and gun down a police officer you know, having been shot the way that she was, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, um, you know, I mean, I think, I think if anything, she was guilty of being a part of an organization that the government uh, found, you know, to be, um, you know, to be um, undermining, you know, their agenda at that time, and they're still punishing people like her, yeah. you know what I mean, for their involvement in those organizations, whether or not they were 
uh, guilty of crimes, <laughs> you know, yeah. and some of them, and some of them, as we know, were not. Um, and I think that she happens to be one of them. But I mean, what is it with this culture, though? I mean, it has. I mean, in, in labeling her a terrorist now, like, what has she done? Has any? Because anyone, you know, intercepted a, a bomb or, you know, a, you know, attack that was initiated by Asada Shakur. Like, how all of a sudden did she get listed to, to the, you know, the status of America's most wanted terrorist? Because How did she get ascend to the ranks of Osama bin Laden and all of these other folks? She has the double. She's got. She's in a a a, a society that since nine eleven has turned terrorism into this broad, vague, really unexplainable concept. That any mm. any form of dissension, if you're not. If you're not hugging your mother while eating apple pie with two American flags waving in your hand. And the Bible. Uh, and the Bible. And the Bible. Let's not forget the Bible. And having, and heter- and having heterosexual sex with And having heterosexual missionary-style sex uh, with your loving wife for 20 years. Uh, yes. You are somehow, you're, you know, you're somehow uh, uh, an enemy of the state. Uh, yeah. You better procreate a baby while you're at it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that that's what that is. But in the case of Asada Shakur, this is my point of view. We know that our government, the government, they, I mean, we're all. I don't. I don't talk like I'm outside of my government. We live in a government. We have a government that, at one time in its history, quite openly targeted and manipulated. Uh, uh, the law to take down people that it thought was enemies. We had the Cointelpo. It went after Dr. Martin Luther King. It went after Medgar Evers. It went after Malcolm X. Literally, openly, these are things that are known. J. Edgar Hoover did it and kept files and tried to sabotage people. So if that's the case and we know this, then would you really trust anybody that came out and said anything about Asada Shakur at that time? I wouldn't, yeah. would you? Yeah. I mean, it's like, remember that old Chris Rock joke where Chris Rock asked about the OJ trial, and he said, yeah, if it was Jerry Seinfeld and the guy who found the bloody glove just happened to be in the Nation of Islam, what would you say? It's the same yeah. thing. It's the side of Shakur, and it happens to be the same government that, you know, was looking to try and sabotage the career of Martin Luther King. You know, so... I, I take that yeah. with a grain of salt. Yeah, I mean it's 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 I don't know, and see like my 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 initial thought was like when all of this happened that you know, that maybe you know, o- Obama felt some sort of political pressure. You know what I mean? To like to go along with this because maybe if he had said, you know, I'm not really supporting this then maybe someone could kind of paint him as some sort of you know um, you know, some sort of supporter of people trying to undermine, you know, the, the this country and its and its right. policies or something, you know. But I don't know. Now I'm kind of thinking like maybe he's bought into this nonsense. You know what I mean? I mean, you not I'm only raised her to the to the to the top, you know, to the top of the list, but you've also increased the reward for her. 
Hmm. Hold on one second, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the whole thing is interesting, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how that came about because, again, she's the first woman to be put on the FBI's most wanted list. And I find it, you know, you know, I, I guess I question why they decided to put her on that list now all of a sudden. Right. And, you know, what type of political pressure are they bowing to? And at this point, will she receive a fair trial? You know, it's been decades. It's been decades. Exactly. So, you know, the, yeah, yeah, the witnesses and all the, you know, evidence, physical evidence, all of that isn't there. So, you know, the whole thing, you know, it's, it's a little suspect. However, you know, um, it just – it. It should be interesting, especially since it seems as though our government is trying to build some type of relationship with the Cuban government. So we'll see how this plays out in the next exactly. several years. I mean, I don't think they're going to get her. I don't think they're going to get her. I think so. I think I think she's I think she's going to die in Cuba, and I think all of this stuff, is, all of this is for naught. I think it's all just I think it's all just political, to be honest. And and. Of all the things that we could, with, with all the actual, there's a guy who just sent ricin to the mayor and the president of the United States, and the top of the list. I mean, and these are these are groups that are active and open. Right. They, they're they're all right there. All of these there. militia they're, groups. They're all of these militia open. groups. They're not mm-hmm. even trying to mask it behind any kind of ideology. They're just like we don't I mean, like you. Look at all of the groups that all of the groups that the Southern Southern Poverty Law Center has exactly. has added to its list of hate groups since Obama was elected, <laughs> since he you was know, reelected. Guys, even you know what I mean? Exactly. They have not added a. They have not moved a single one of those people to the top, even though we know that historically that the that the most of the terrorism that's been that's happened on our soil has been done mm-hmm. by white Protestant males. Exactly. Most of it. And, Most of and, it. And then, and yet we put her at the top of the list, someone who is guilty of none of them, exactly. especially, the, especially the primarily heinous incidents that we think of yeah. when we think about terrorism. She's exactly. guilty of none of those, and yet she's at the top. And none of these militia groups, none of these hate groups that are out here, are on there. Not not a single one of the organizations has ever that has ever targeted Planned Parenthood. You know what I mean? Not none of those are on there. Are on there. They're, they're, none of the ones that are associated with people who kill doctors, who perform actual medical procedures. Yeah. On, on on women, you know, who ask for these, who volunteer to have these things done. These men, are, these men and women are being killed, and no one's put People. their names at the top of the list. But they Not put Asada Shakur, who's been out of this country all of these decades, who's done and nothing. And almost 70. <laughs> right. Who's and almost she's 70. Almost she's like my grandmother's age. Come on like, now. What's she gonna do? Like really seriously? Okay. That, I mean, but even that's... if she was gonna, even if she was gonna do, even if she, like, she hasn't done anything. She hasn't. She hasn't advocated violence nowhere at all. Can you see where she's advocated violence? Exactly. But she's. In there. fact, and from again, what I've seen, it's the contrary. She's not advocated violence. She's advocated, exactly. you know, dis- civil disobedience and all those types of things. So I, I really don't even understand where this is coming from. 
Well, and, and on another note, though, I will have to commend our government for in, in regards to Asada Shakur for actually paying attention to the elderly for the first time. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know Social voice. Security, <laughs> Medicare. Well, they're all, no, she only, she, only counts, she only counts as one. She only counts you as know, one elder, elder, so, for elderly person. Only one. So, the rest so of them, the they're saying, can go to hell. All yeah. those old folks that are getting by on a couple of checks and can't eat and can't go to the doctor, tip with a hat for trying to hunt a 70-year-old yeah. woman that isn't even oh, yeah. in our borders anymore. Right. That's spot on. Hasn't been a problem for us. Hasn't been a problem for us. Has it, has it, has it caused nope. you any issues? They're no, going out and gun regulations, you know. Never mind yeah. gun regulations. She's over in Cuba and doing all of that socialist health care and all of that, you know. Uh, oh, spot on detective work there, law enforcement agencies. Tip of the hat. Tip of the hat. I mean, uh-huh. seriously. I mean, you've got Chicago is blowing I mean, what is up. The, what is the murder rate? What is the murder rate or, like, the crime rate in Philadelphia looking like that they can, like, they, they can be worried about 70-year-old women in Cuba? You know what I mean? Right. They could have, like... <laughs> really? Exactly. Just, just, like, hold on. Really? That's it's like, wait a second. Can, can we... Can we why don't we... No, why don't we put some of the Wall Street... What about surrounding the White House? Surrounding the White House. Right. The area surrounding the Capitol is absolutely horrid. When I was in D.C. Yeah. and I was walking around a little lost, that's why I was having mm-hmm. a fit because I know what's in those areas, even though I, you know, and I was like, oh, no, can't be lost uh-huh. over here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, no, I, I mean, why can't we... Why can't we put some of these, you know, Wall Street executives that put us into this into this hole we're in, you know, why can't we put them at the top of the list? I mean, I, mean, I think I they terrorize. I think they terrorized our economy. I know. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, the guys at Walmart is actually dumping toxins. I mean, really, nobody, no, none of those guys. But yeah. Old woman in Cuba. You really want to? Mm-hmm. You want to put the screws to her. Hey, man, thanks for prioritizing. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the one, we we have no loophole. We guys are, and here's the thing, um, you know, we, we live in a country, and, and this is what makes me upset when they target someone like Asada Shakur. If if it comes to that, I you know, I hope she has a fair day in court. If it ever came to that, I doubt it would happen, but she would deserve it. Um, but what makes me upset is that our streets are on fire right now. I mean, we've got cash running around. You know, Kim, you're in Chicago. I'm here in South Florida. Um, you know, w- w- people are every other day gun, gun, gun violence, gun, gun things like that. And the guys that are getting the guns aren't getting them through the loopholes that we have in our gun laws. And we're not doing anything about that. But we must get this lady who may or may not have been part of something that we don't know exactly what happened. Yeah, we got to make sure she gets locked up, and that makes mm-hmm. me upset. And and I'm, I'm I understand the president trying to put some distance between himself and the situation for political reasons, but not even with his influence, he can't say, "Hey, man, you know, let, let's 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 get this thing settled." All right, that's just dumb. I mean, and committing yeah. and committing the type of resources. To yeah. trying to get Asada Shakur that could be used for other things. When we're in the middle of a sequester and we're thinking about getting rid of vital social services, 
in this country. Dude, bridges are collapsing, man. Let's fix that first, Essentially, that's what's happening, and we're worried (laughs) about Asada Shakur. Like, I swear swear to you guys, like, it it makes no sense. It makes no sense. (laughs) Just going to work and a bridge collapse. What kind of... Right. I mean, exactly. We got bridges collapsing. We've got hey, man, you know, like, we've got we've got water systems that haven't been, you know, changed since like the nineteen forties, nineteen fifties. You know what I mean? And and maybe even some before that. You know what and, I mean? And this everything's is everything's this. being held together with like, you know, sticky tape. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and prayer, is it, is it, and and we're not doing anything about it, <laughs> but we're worried about Asada Shakur. Our priorities are all out of whack. I just want to you know, know, and I, maybe I'm the only one, but I, I'd like to ask you two, have you guys, like, noticed the rash of things just randomly exploding? Stuff just randomly yeah. exploding, exploding derailing, catching fire, yeah. just imploding, just you know, yeah. all of these quote, quote coincidences. Like it's like oh. the day after tomorrow, man. Like I don't know what's going on, but well, they're again, not coincidences. Just everything is falling apart because we're not doing anything. We aren't exactly doing anything. Yeah, yeah, we're not spending the money on infrastructure or anything like that. And that's something that, you know, definitely we should have been focusing on. But, again, you know, they've been spending the money on other things. I just I still don't understand why a jobs bill never went through, but that's a whole different story. Yeah. Uh, I, I, have my re- I have my beliefs as to why it hasn't, but, you know, I, I think, right. honestly, you know, I believe – a lot of these things don't go through because uh, the head in chief just isn't using his bully pulpit. And, and I'm saying that as a person who can, uh, campaigned and happily voted for him and voted again uh, uh, this well, last. I election. agree with you. I think that he's. I think that he's not a great politician. You know what I mean? I think that it's he's. Right. I, I think that he's. I think. I think President Obama would have made a much better, you know, statesman. You know what I mean? Ahead of you know, like you know, being a part of yeah, he's a diplomat. Like I think he would have been much better at you know going you know being um, Secretary of State than he is at being President. I really do believe Uh, that. I think so. um, And and again, I'm saying that as somebody who supported it. But there are issues, and I and not just him. And I'm I'm not going to put it on him alone. I'm going to put it. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of people obstructing him, so can't put it on. Yeah, and. And it's also it's also the mentality that I think uh, has plagued our community for a very long time. Like we reach a milestone and everybody drops their tools. You know, like mm. you can stay on the back. You don't have to sit at the back of the bus. Well, my work's done. You know, and you know that's the attitude. Like, well, President of the White House, time to chill. You know, everybody break out the launches, and you know, mm-hmm. let's barbecue about it. And I I think that with his election, there doesn't need to be any attention paid. Uh, and, and this is in our community, honestly, that there's no attention that needs to be paid to our issues. And mm-hmm. I, I think he's getting off easy because of that. As a as a voting block thing, what, 92% of the vote, 92% of the black vote went to President Obama? I'm not saying mm-hmm. hold his feet to the don't hold his feet to the fire, but be the wind at his back, and let's hey mm-hmm. let's 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 make him 
say what it is. And I think because we aren't doing that through, you know, our, through the proper channels and everything, we aren't doing that. He's just not taking whatever happens to us all that serious. Um, mm-hmm. The jobs issue, the health issue, the education issue. I know, again, Kim, you in Chicago. They closed down a bunch of schools up there. They're closing down schools down here in Florida. They're... It, 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 some, these are things where he can take advantage and make use of the bully pulpit. I know that had it been a President Biden or a President Clinton the second, there would she would definitely make noise about whatever issue was on her chest or whatever issues on his chest, uh, they would say something. Um, here, right. President Obama is and able to do so, but he's not. And 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 it's, the effects are clear. We don't. I don't even have to debate it. You know, just look at the unemployment rate or the education rate or whatever, as it pertains to uh, minorities, and it it is everything everything that needs to be said is right there. Yeah, it's it's a depressing situation, you know, especially with the economy. You know, they were talking on Melissa Harris Perry's show this morning about, you know, how um, you know with you know these home prices and things going up. You know, people can get lured into this um, notion that the economy is coming back roaring. When, um, but it's it, it couldn't be nothing could be further from the truth. There's like two economies happening right now. There's the economy that most of us are in. You know, where most where there's still a large number of people who've been unemployed for now several years, and there's this other economy where the rich are taking advantage of, you know, the housing market and other, you know, aspects, you know, the, you know, the stocks and, and what have you. Mm-hmm. And so it gives the impression that we're doing better than we actually are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also unemployed people who just fell off the doles. They fell off. They're not, they're not looking for work anymore. They're not, they, mm-hmm. they've given up hope. They're giving up hope. Yeah. And, Lord and now, and now, with them cutting funding for SNAP and um, for and and they're cutting, you know, the um, rental vouchers and all those sorts of things. Um, you know, things are going to get much harder as, lo- as you know the longer this sequester goes on. You know, exactly. it's going to get worse. Yeah, the the worst part in my mind about you know, and I'm talking to somebody who got laid off and went through the entire recession thing, so it hit us hard. It hit my family pretty hard. The worst thing about it is much of what's happening to the unemployed or underemployed in our country is due to a lie that was told almost 32 years ago now with Ronald Reagan, you know, almost going on 30 years with the welfare queen story. Um, Yeah. Almost almost all of our politics almost all of our politics as it pertains to poverty and the working poor mothers, single mothers and children. Right, where people uh, are being demonized for their for their economic, uh, you know, the economic situation in which they find themselves, and we're not having mm-hmm. an honest conversation about about where mm-hmm. wealth really comes from in this country. It does, exactly. Most of the real wealth in this country does not come from people bootstrapping. It comes from yes. inheritance. It comes from, you know, uh, land ownership. 
You know what I mean? This is where wealth comes from in this country. It does not come from, you know, getting up and working your nine to five. And we have this this false, and and we punish people um, for for essentially doing what we've asked them to do and not making it to, to, to the status of a millionaire. Right. Even though we put all of these impediments in their way. We don't give them the adequate education. We don't give them resources to, you know, pursue higher ed, even if they can get through our terrible K through 12 system. You know, right. it's it's ridiculous. Exactly. And we punish them and it's for about it. educating people. Right. It's about educating people because a lot of people don't understand about, you know, homesteading and, you know, how public policy has been written to particularly put minorities at a disadvantage and how um, the article that I posted the other day about what's happening in some of our urban areas, whereas they're claiming to shut down these educational systems because they're being, quote, unquote, underutilized, when the truth of the matter is they want the property. They want to come back and take that property, rebuild it. It's about wealth building. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. we're not part of the equation. Nope. Nope. And nope. I, 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 again, you know, it's a situation that I don't know. Somebody with some form of influence and power, maybe a president, may want to speak on, but he won't. Um, I don't think so. Uh, because it's, it's also, unpopular. Because people. Because even liberals. Because even liberals buy into this idea of bootstrapping. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and that if we and if and if government just got out of the way that people would, you know, be able to, you know, become, you know, more Bill Gates and, you know, what have you. You know, they'd be the Bill Gates and Steve Jobs of the world if government just got out of the way, when that's not the case. You know, even though post-World War II America is evidence to the contrary, you know, where people got into college due to the GI Bill and, you know, the great, you know, the, the, the deal, you know, the New Deal and things like that, that, you know, where government took an active role in getting people back on track, especially those gentlemen and women who served this country and came back from serving uh, in, in, in Europe during World War II, you know, the, yes, the government clearly helped them get on their feet. And right. now there's just, again, it's your term, bootstrapping. It's, and President Obama used it once, and I was like, you, you lost a lot of cool points with me for that because you know that's not the case. You know for a fact that black people or minorities aren't just sitting around watching Maury not wanting to get off their asses. That's not what's happening. So he lost a lot of cool points with me, even making or or even implying that that's the case. When he knows he he lost cool points. He lost a few cool points with me when he went to the Morehouse anyway after that. That rape scandal, and then yeah, yeah, he lost he lost some cool points there, but um yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. And, you know, it goes back, again, to what we were discussing earlier, this weird thing, like it's supposed to happen to us. Like it's mm-hmm. supposed to happen to people of color, black folks and Latino folks, poor people. It's supposed to happen to us, you know, so mm-hmm. that when and, – and, and it's strange, and I really don't like it, when we call them out on it, if we call the president out, if we call our government out on it, and when they come to talk to us, wherever the venue is, they're talking to us like in this very condescending manner. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. exactly. Don't, 
Well, you, you know, know, it has to do with this idea, this idea that, you know, um, came about, you know, um, in part, you know, due to Protestantism, but, I mean, it was around before then, this linkage of, you know, the idea of, or the linkage between the idea of, you know, being moral with the idea of being, um, you know, valued or, or, or sort of being rewarded with wealth, you know? Yeah. So so people who are wealthy are are interpreted to as being more moral than than right. people who don't have wealth, which which we know right. is and not necessarily help. the case. Not that it's you know always true to the you know the contrary is always true, but it's certainly not the case. <laughs> you know, having wealth exactly. makes you more moral. Right, and it didn't help <laughs> when the prosperity churches followed that up with the same type of teaching and started teaching that being poor was a curse and a sin. And that, you know, members of the congregation, you know, they weren't praying enough and they were re-victimizing the victims and basically telling them that, you know, if they gave more money and prayed more, that, you know, God would bless them. And a lot of people have walked away disillusioned because not only are they getting that from the media and the government, if you will, but they're also getting it from their peer groups, from their, you know, the social constructs that they subscribe to. And and then we sit around and we wonder why mental health issues are on the rise, why drug and alcoholism, even though those numbers are coming down, but they're still a little higher than what they really probably should be. And, you know, and again, the funding is being cut for all of those programs as well, especially with this sequester. They have cut mental health programs down to the bone. Yeah, and I mean, and and, you know, we're not even – you know, treating the men and women who we ask to, you know, take uh, to take care of us and protect us, you know, the way that we ought to. You know, we are yeah. we're cutting, you know, money from from you know from their uh, funding their health care and what have you. I, I was reading an article; uh, it was really an expose on um, you know the the wounded um, on our wounded soldiers. Uh, some of these wounded um, soldier battalions. Um, you know they're they're writing up these wounded soldiers left and right for things that are not under their control. Things like you know not showing up to formation when you're in excruciating pain. When you yeah. when you when you when you've been scheduled to see a doctor for a chronic condition. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I mean, mean one got... one gentleman one gentleman he 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 smashed it he shattered his face. On, on not one but two separate occasions. The first occasion, most people would have said, okay, I'm done with the Army. Fix my face. I'm going to get a desk job. This man, <laughs> this, this man asked to return to, mm-hmm. to duty and, and, and shattered his face a second time. This man is still today without teeth. Because of his, because of his, of, his, of his loss that he suffered as a, as a member of our armed services, exactly. and he was dishonorably discharged over some nonsense. And that's what we're dealing with. And and the mental health issue goes into a larger thing. It goes back to another thing we were talking about where we were talking about the gun issue and gun control and stuff like that. A lot of gun proponents, especially those that are in 
in, in government and more than likely taking a check or two from either a gun lobbyist or something like that. That's like, well, don't come after our guns. We need to go against, go after, or we need to, instead of going and making gun laws, we need to make mental health laws. But then they vote against any kind of, because mental health is a part of health care. So if right. you don't exactly. take, I mean, it doesn't matter what you do to the body if the mind isn't working. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, you know, and well, it's all, it so, all works together. You know, mental yeah. mental health care affects you know affects you know the physical health in a number of ways. Yeah. People take care of themselves more when they have better mental health, and they you know they report you know they they don't have as, as many of the symptoms necessarily that they would if they you know if they're mentally healthy. So, like exactly. if, for example, with the perception of pain, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. The the more the more mentally fit you are, the you know you may report having fewer symptoms of pain, you know. Just because which, of your which, state of mind. Just because of your state of mind, exactly. Right. So just, you know all of these things are interconnected. I mean, and because the and because the mind is a part of the body, although most of us don't like to think of the mind as being a part of the body, because that would mean that we're going to that you know our consciousness dies with us, which it does. Yeah. You know, we have a problem with that, but it's true. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and in our community, uh, again, there's this – it's been there for a while in in the black community where we run screaming from mental health, where we don't go to psychiatry. Going to therapy is one of those things that black folks don't do, or we relegate that, you know, or or we relegate it to – the church, which is like relegating mm-hmm. fixing your car to the guy who makes sandwiches at Subway. He's not qualified. It's true. It is. It's true. I mean, He's you know, and unfortunately that, that comes from, and unfortunately that comes from our our, our history as a people yeah. and the things that we've been through. I mean, we've, we were told for so long that we were different and that we were not human, that in some, in some cases we internalized that. And in some cases, even when we internalized that, we changed it into something else, but it didn't change for the better. It's not that we changed it into, yes, and we're, and we're human. We changed it into, oh, we have this superhuman ability to transcend all of these issues when we pray to yeah. God. You know what like, I mean? Instead of... Yeah, like black people don't need that because we have we have a direct line to God, despite the That's fact right. that God was letting us get, yeah. despite the fact that God was letting us get lynched in record numbers and that we were, you know, that black women were being raped and uh, no one was being punished, you know, for you know quite a bit of you know the our our history, you know, what I mean? yeah. you could rape, hey, you could rape a black woman and not and not go to jail, you know what I mean, or, or be or be arrested or punished in any way. In this country, but you know, God, God, no, God didn't listen to us then. That's not God that didn't bad care when you consider. That's not not bad when you consider how how much of good singing that we got out of it. You know, yeah. there you go. Yeah, we got <laughs> some we got some music out of the deal. We got some blues. We got some good music out of it. Let's let's, let's, let's be real. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we'd have got <laughs> funk without it. I don't think so. You know. You know, well, in order to get to <laughs> funk, you got to have blues. You know what I mean? You know, <laughs> Uh, yeah. John Lee Hooker, he he wouldn't have gotten that far had he been, you know, born free or not, you know, not a sharecropper. There's no BB <laughs> King without some lynchings. 
going on in the Exactly. Back, so. That's what I'm saying. We <laughs> look on the bright side is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, man. So, I mean, there's, there's that. And, I'm re- and you know, because this is an open discussion, we're talking about mental health, and there's something that, you know, has come up a lot of times. I've talked about it on my page before on Facebook where we're talking about the Rihanna Chris Brown thing and and do we have to talk about that? Really? <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm not gonna okay. I'm not gonna talk about them. Okay. I'm not talking about okay. that. What I okay. am talking about was this weird um it 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 was this weird mentality that what happened was kinda supposed Supposed to happen was was supposed maybe because of something. This this weird thing where in our where people think that that's supposed to happen, and that to me is a mental health issue. Like if you open your mouth to your man, he right. can't punch you in the face. It's only right. Yeah, that's um, that's um, that is that's a part of our culture. You know, we live in a very patriarchal culture. You know, you know and, it's like. Um, and and what's and what's and what's and what's especially I think infuriating to some of us is that how is how our our people had got had gotten to a point where we quest we were ready to question everything that was said about our our proposed inferiority that was supposed to be based on science and that was supposed to be based on these other things. But when it comes to sex, no one questions this. <laughs> no one questions yeah. this idea that women belong to men and that men sort of have a duty to, you know, to discipline women and to, um, you know, mete out punishments as they see fit. You know what I mean? Whatever right. those are, you know? If, if, and let me tell you, as a married man, nothing could be further from the truth. I'm just being real. <laughs> I don't... I'm just being honest. I I would love to get my man on and be super masculine and grow some extra chest hair about it, but the truth is, no. Um, and the truth also is, I've seen the job and I don't want it. You know, I I I. It's a it, and to me, I think it's a mental health issue. Like there's this weird archaic, patriarchal sense that I'm the man and I need to run my home, and my wife is my queen and she defers to me. Like no, not really. Sometimes I'm just sitting on the bed in my boxes until she pick out what I'm supposed to wear. I'm just really that way sometimes. I'm, I mean, I, I've seen the job and I don't want it. If she wants to be the boss, knock yourself out. Just I'm just here to reach the stuff on the high shelf, and that's okay with me. Um, <laughs> lift the heavy stuff, open open stuff jars, and mow the lawn, and I'm good. Uh, there's that weird. I don't get that weird. Sense that because it robs women of the role of partnership in yeah. our relationships. I, and, and of again, their humanity and, and of their right to express themselves. Like, you know, exactly. there are women there are women who snap out and there are men that snap out. But somehow yeah. like when women snap out, they're supposed there's like this thing, like it's like it's this bad thing that comes from this very deep emotional dark place that we're supposed to get away from. You know, but when men oh. snap out, it's like it's like, you know, it's it's justified somehow. I'm a man. You know what I mean? Particularly, right, particularly when it's tied to violence. Like, somehow that's still <laughs> perceived ra- as being rational. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
So, like, and, when women do it, it's like this thing that has to be controlled and confined and that you can use violence to contain, you know, and yeah. that's supposed to be acceptable, you know? Yeah, and, again, to me, all of that, all of that is something that needs a heap in help in the therapy or some some kind of a mass, mass, you know, deprogramming. Uh, if, if yeah, it's, unfortunately, I, we'd have to deprogram the whole culture. <laughs> it's not just, I, it's not I, just I, us. I think so. I yeah, think so. Yeah. And, and you know what? We're, we're talking about, we brought up the church and stuff like that. We were talking about church. I think a lot of that falls on that. They're using yeah. these old, these, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't walk around, even though I am a non-believer and stuff like that, I don't like to walk around ragging on the black church, but they got to carry their weight on this one. They have to because they're perpetuating That's this. They're, they're, they're keeping the cycle in motion. It's not mm-hmm. going to change. It's not mm-hmm. going to change. because Come on, man. You're teaching stuff from a time where women were property. You can't get anything good from that. It's not going to work. Yeah. Not in this century. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then and then uh, I was going to say, um, I forgot to also mention that, like, you know, also tied with the, you know, the black, you know, the, the black community and its issues with domestic violence and, and the way it views violence towards women is, you know, a lot of the same sort of stereotypes, sort of racial stereotypes that has been, you know, put on to our community in terms of mm-hmm. our perceived you know, um, well, I mean, just the perception that we're that we're uncontrollable and wild, and that violence and um, violence and, and what have you is uh, the best way of restraining us, you know, or getting us under control. So right. there's also that too. So thought I'd throw uh, that out there. No, it's it's there but, and yeah. it just yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead, go ahead, finish your thought. No, I, I, it, it, again, it's it, it's something that just keeps getting regurgitated, regurgitated. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I was just talking about this. Uh, I know you're gonna ask me not to bring it up again, but Tyler Perry. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh God! Oh God! <laughs> so, just, it's, uh, just, it's just horrible. You brought up the one that makes me want to vomit. I, I, I'm sorry, man. I have to. I gotta bring it up. Uh, it, it's real. It's honestly, I'm watching this guy, and they love him. They love I him. Yeah, I know. They love they him. They love him. It's like I mean, really? they love him. I mean, he he took he took for colored girls, and like he like you know while there were aspects of for colored girls that I liked about the movie, uh-huh. I mean, he basically he basically just punished a bunch of black women. Tyler Perry hated women. There was, you know, there yeah. have been a few articles talking about if he absolutely yeah. hated women because he portrayed black women in such horrible depictions, and and it's just the whole thing. And when the play's not you know, even written like that, that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. just like I, I would nominate him the president of the He Man Woman Haters Club. He just really. <laughs> So, I mean, I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine if like Tyler Perry remade like The Color Purple? That movie oh God, would be no. so. Oh God, no. I mean, not not that the movie really does justice well, to the book, you know what I mean? But <laughs> can you imagine if Tyler cold. Perry did did that movie? That movie would be unwatchable. This is, it would be well, unwatchable. I'll tell you right now. 
let me tell you right now, should, uh, Seeley would have stayed with Mr. once he went back to church. Um, Suge would have gotten AIDS, even though it wasn't in existence yet in the early 1920s as we know it. But or at least it, it, wasn't, it wasn't in existence. It just wasn't around. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't around, hadn't gotten around as much, yeah. Exactly, but Suge would have caught it, whether it was there or not. Suge would have caught AIDS because she was, <laughs> she's a dirty, filthy, free-spirited, lesbian woman, bisexual and yeah. she's going to get, like, tons of AIDS about it. So that would have happened. And, every, and all the men would have had, like, like they would be serious abs and ripped. They would all, and for some strange reason, right. oily. They and just have no shirts on for some reason. Just would have just been shirtless. No, look, 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 with, um, with cornrows. Yes, and had arched eyebrows. I don't know why, but he would have arched eyebrows for a man. It's, it's, and, it's um, and he would have played, look, and he would have played Sophia. Someone and, would wear a sweater vest. Somebody would have had on a oh, sweater vest. No. Oh, <laughs> no. That's terrible. Uh, you know, because that's what happens. There's this weird, and again, I, I marvel at how many black women love this guy's movies where the narrative is if you are a single, upwardly mobile black woman, you need a man in your life to slow your fast ass down. Yeah, that, that's right. That's exactly. kind of insulting. Or if yeah. you're a Kind of insulting? <laughs> I, I, he, he, I, he's not talking to me yet, so I, I'm, yeah, just mad I know. He, I, I'm just mad that he hate on Dark Brothers for some reason or another. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't just, I don't walk around thinking about rape all the time. Most of the time it's about sandwiches. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> so, okay, most of the time it's about sandwiches. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm a godless, dark-skinned brother. I'm out to I'm about to rape people that hate Jesus. I'm like, no, that's yeah. not really what I'm thinking. And if you're a woman who enjoys sex and likes being single or, or just a little bit more experimental, somehow, I don't care what movie. If there was a movie in space, Tyler Perry was in Star Trek, the remake, and I'm almost yeah. positive that if he could have a little more control, Uhura would have caught AIDS. I know, right? Phone. I know, right? She would have, she would have caught caught Vulcan AIDS, like not even like She'd human AIDS, even AIDS. like Vulcan AIDS, and it She'd was called Vulcan AIDS because she had sex with Spock and she wasn't married. <laughs> and it's quite clear that Spock is atheist. <laughs> right. So any woman that has right, he's an atheist, atheist too. Oh lord, <laughs> and but again, Aurora. And then yeah. it, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. I watched, I've, and, and I've said, you know, I'm not going to judge the dude because I had not watched the plays. And I said, let me watch some of these films. And I did, and I did. I've done it again, and I made the mistake of watching the stuff he put on Oprah's network. And, wow, it's just, wow. Uh, not even the, the creative aspect of it, which is straight up juvenile, it's the messages that it's sending. I'm, okay, I'm sorry. And, and, Kim, I know that Oprah is your shero, and she she has been my shero at various times in my life. But how in the <laughs> hell she puts that nonsense on TV is beyond yeah. me, okay? Yeah. Because 
that shit right there is a hot damn mess. Like, not well, I mean, even you know get, like even if you were <laughs> even if we weren't even to get into the plot of the show or the dialogue, right. which is horrible. Right. If you just look at the production quality. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Oprah, you're a billionaire. How the hell are you a billionaire and you and I can put together a better production in my backyard with a with a handy cam? Okay. Uh, okay. I'm serious. I'm like, you and I have talked about you know Oprah and her. The thing is, she's trying to save her network. You know, unfortunately, Tyler Perry, you know, uh, panders to the church crowd, especially, you know, black women in particular. He panders to that crowd, and unfortunately, a lot of racists like his, you know, movies and things as well because that gives them license to poke fun and to buy into the stereotypes about black people. But what she's trying to do is get ratings. See, at the end of the day, Oprah is a businesswoman. She wants well, to yeah, but I mean. I mean, I know, I understand that, Kim, but I'm saying she couldn't, she couldn't put a little bit more money into the show because that looks like I'm a hot You built mess. a school in Africa, man. This it looks really yeah. right. You built a school in Africa, but why it does your cool. why does your stuff look like somebody's YouTube show trying to get off exactly. the ground? Right. Exactly. All I can do is and, groan. I can just groan. Yeah. I mean, now, I mean, does Oprah really have to start a Kickstarter of his new shows? I haven't seen one episode yet. Do we need to start to... Oprah, Oprah a Kickstarter account? <laughs> oh no! Well, I don't want my name on that one, but you know, you. Can... <laughs> I'm just I'm saying, do we need to start Oprah a Kickstarter account? <laughs> no, look, look. No, I'm just saying for that show, for just that show, okay. I, look, all, how come all her other programs have good lighting? What happened to that show? I'm telling you. I don't know, man. It, I saying. don't know, man. It, it's, it's something about all of Tyler Perry's products and something about the They're all products shit. They're just, just like high school, high school level production, and it's like, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the best you could do? I mean, you've got like a couple mm-hmm. hundred million dollars. You guys brag about this. No one knows about shooting on location or nothing. Really? Okay. I'm going to let you have it. I've I've tried to let it go. And here's the thing. And it Uh kind of irritates me. Well, it irritates me. It's the the treatment of people who are either women or people who are not religious. And I don't like that about his films. Um, But there's also this weird mentality that if I don't support him, somehow... I'm not authentically black. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I gotta yeah. turn in my black card if I don't like Tyler Perry's movie. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you can have it. <laughs> Call yeah. me a sellout. I'll go move in with Clarence Thomas if it means that I don't ever well, have to do anything with Thomas. I will go ahead and turn my card in. But there's this way. I mean, and if we, if you make any legitimate. Criticism of it Like I don't just wake up In the morning Hating Tyler Perry Most of it comes from Actually having watched it Well most of it comes From watching Alex Cross And I just really want to know You know what Honestly though Honestly Alex Cross Was not all Tyler Perry's fault I don't like Tyler Perry But I have to defend him A little bit on this one Like it was not Entirely his fault The source material for the, I, I haven't read the script, but I can only that's imagine like, that the script is not very good. So. That's kind of like saying Star Wars wasn't all Darth Vader's fault. He was in on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 
but see, Darth Vader's a character. See, if you look at if you look at the if you look at the other if you look at the language, like the dialogue and and sort of you know what what else is going on in the movie. It's like the way it's set I'm up sure is bad. I, I, sure I, I like I said. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that like you know. I, I think that he deserves some sort of Oscar award for what he's done so far. You know what I mean? No, but I, I don't I, think I don't think that was entirely Tyler Perry's fault. No, you know? I, yeah, uh, you'll get a pass with me. Yeah. I, I skipped it. I was like, I saw yeah. it. And I, it was, I saw the commercial. No, I will say this, and 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 God, God, I, I'm I'm really sorry if it comes out somewhere. I I saw him run in a scene. They were doing a making of, and I saw him running, and wow. Um, I'm just saying, nothing screams, I don't really do anything action-wise than the run I saw. It was like, wow, like a small child running in a playground. That's oh, like, no. you know. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, because you watch, like, say, for instance, you see movies that you see, like, The Rock or Vin Diesel or Denzel Washington running towards something. Hell, Denzel Washington walking, you look at him and you're like, somebody about to get his ass whooped when he stopped. You know, that's what you hey. <laughs> Tyler Perry running was like, hey, somebody, somebody's making creme brulee? Who wants them? You know? <laughs> that's what it Oh, yeah. That's right. what it looked like. That's me. terrible. It off. Like he needed, like he had to get to, like he had to get to craft services for the last piece of cheesecake or Man, something. Like, yeah. Wait a minute! That All the tricks you said is gone. <laughs> you know, like so. Oh, that's I'm terrible. Sorry. I had to that's write so that bad. off. So you know what, Carl? You're work, in timeout. You're in timeout. <laughs> I can't. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll stay quiet. I'll be quiet. <laughs> no, you're fine. You don't have to stay quiet. But, <laughs> but it, um, I don't know. Getting getting back to the, the the situation with that is it's crazy that just what this black woman just adhering to the things he says, and I'm looking at it like, yo, know, he's not trying to be your friend. He's using mm-hmm. words that sound nice, but he's trying to keep you in this role. He's, it sounds like it's empowering. It even looks like it's empowering. But at the end of the day, you're the villain of this piece. Most of, yeah. it, it's, it should bother, not, and I'm a man. <laughs> it bothers me mm-hmm. to see that the most positive woman on any of his screens is him dressed as a woman. Right, and, and making fun yeah. of black women. Yeah, Exactly. It's like... I mean, does no one else see an issue with that? Out of all his movies, he's the most positive female presence on the screen. Yeah, I, I would raise a, I'd raise a, a couple of concerns about that. But it seems to just go over well with whatever the message is. This weird "let go and let God" mentality that it has a detrimental effect to, I think, women of color. But they just take it. I, I don't know. I, that's why I write the dude off. I don't. I if if that's I, it's not my lane. I'll stay in my lane. I'm not gonna watch it. But I don't know, man. He's got an influence that's just weird. <laughs> you know, that's me. Exactly. Nah, that's my point of view on it. Huh? It's very strange. <laughs> Exactly, and that's the thing, and that's correct. You know, let go, let God, to be complacent, and again, tying it into what we were saying earlier about how, you know, when the prosperity gospel, you know, gained this, you know, popularity, 
And, mm-hmm. you know, I know several people, several different occasions, whereas they went out and in some cases bought homes. Now, buying a home is a good thing. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But if you're making $9 an hour, you cannot afford a $300,000 house. Nope. And I saw people doing that. And mm-hmm. I knew people making way much more money than that, and they couldn't afford a $300,000 house. And when mm-hmm. I would question people, they would say, well, God will make a way. That, you know, God is going to supply all their needs. You know the scriptures. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. having that mentality in which each subsequent generation, it seems as though, you know, critical thinking becomes more and more like a fart in a death storm. It's like it's just not there. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And it's like, what's happening? And it's, what's happening? And it. And they're being enforced, and again, it's one of those, it's having a very visual effect. It's something that you can see. It's something that you can see. We're bad, I mean, 90, what, I think last year, African Americans, the, our, our, we had about $913 billion, and less than 1% of that was spent on books. You know? Exactly. I mean, we, we... It's it's this weird thing that we're not out of almost everyone else. We are not embracing knowledge, just knowledge, just knowing things. Um, and I, I hold these it's guys. It's a cultural problem. Yeah, I hold these guys responsible. I do, I do. Maybe you know, I I don't hold the parishioners responsible. I mean, I don't believe in what they're praying to or anything, understand, but I think there are a lot of earnest people who want to be good people and put their faith in these jokers, and they take their money. Mm-hmm. They take their money, and I mean, they teach, them their, they teach them their prejudices. Let, let, me, let, me, let me say this. I have never wanted to punch somebody in the face until I saw the face of Joel Osteen. Oh, wow. I mean, I'll just read <laughs> I've never, I mean, with, I've never wanted to premeditatively punch a person in the face until I saw that <laughs> shit eating grin. I, every time I see him smile, I just, he feels like he's pulling a stunt and I just want to bust him in the mouth because he's, he's uh-huh. robbing people. And it's yeah. weird. Like, I, I mean, Creflo Dollar, he just looks like a hustler. T.D. Jakes, he looks yeah. like a shyster. But there's this yeah. thing about this guy where he's just, oh, Lord, it's just the God is so good. And I just want to just hit him because he's yeah. just, he's like, like, he, he's, like, he's smiling at you and he's like, my word like is this, shit. Like, like kind of like how you, how, like, you can do a dog to a certain degree. Like, you can say, oh, hey, hey, you little idiots. How are yeah. you? You know, you say that to a dog. You know, the dog yeah. is the wag his tail. You know, exactly. it's the same thing. He's, like he's, he's, snake oil is it's like coming he's making fun of, his, of you. Yeah. yeah. Like the snake oil is coming out of his pores. Like he, this is how much I'm screwing you over. I'm actually sweating snake oil. And they, <laughs> give him millions. they give him millions. And it's the weirdest, weirdest. And, it, and I, I hold him responsible because it's having an actual recordable detrimental effect in this community where people are not, we're 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 wait on the Lord. I hate that term. Wait on the Lord. No, you have to take action to take care of things. There action. I, I don't care what you do when you go home. If you want to pray, knock yourself out. 
It's he's your sky wizard. You do what you need to do. But when we're dealing in the real world, we need real world solutions, and that's not one of them. And these guys are making exactly. money off them. Money off of people. Well, who that's don't why have us humanists have to come up with have to come up with real solutions on our own and do what we can to you know what we can do. And that's why we talk a lot about solutions on our program. So hopefully you'll stick can around and keep and help us come up with some ideas, Carl. Can can we start with punching Joel Austin? You know, I'm gonna leave that one to you and you know, don't call me or anything when you need, you know, a witness because I can't but you know, since you pre, since you told me, you know, here, you know, that you were gonna punch him. So I'm not gonna let's, I'm not gonna be a witness and if you do it you're on your own. Right, let's okay. put a pin in that. We're gonna put a pin in it and then come back okay. to it later. Okay, we'll come back to yeah. that one. Yeah. I will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pleased to uh, look for solutions. I I don't know. Me, I just, I try to, whatever in our community, where I live, if there's someone that's doing something really active, I just try to be part of it and support, yeah. you know, and just, just support the folks that are in my community that are doing things to try to uplift in any way that's possible. Um, yeah. You know, and my wife is, I volunteer whenever I can. So, you know, even with little, yeah, I, I'm trying to do more yeah, as my schedule allows, but I, I don't know. I'm not going to even try to say that I have an answer that can work. You know, I, you know, the people that are far smarter than me are having an uphill battle. So, you know, I'm just trying to be as supportive as I can of them, you know. Yeah. Well, um. Yeah, and since we're since we were just talking about movies a second ago, I kind of have mm-hmm. to make a little bit of a rant about a movie that's coming out that is it infuriates me. It's storyline, but um, it's an M Night Shyamalan movie, which already tells you that you should hate it because M Night Shyamalan movies are garbage, with the exception of The Sixth Sense. Uh, with the exception of The Sixth Sense, but um, I don't know if you guys have heard about After Earth. I saw it last night. Okay, okay. So, okay. Then then perhaps you have some beef with it, or did you like it? Um, did you like it? I did. and um, You liked I, it? Okay. I liked it. Explain liked to me it. how. Explain to me how. And maybe and maybe I, give us a synopsis of the plot, and I'll tell you why it okay. bothers me as a skeptic. After, after Earth is uh, basically a story about... Uh, Will Smith and his son Jaden. Um, in the movie, their names are Cipher and Kataya Rage. They are crash land on a on a wild planet that they eventually realize is Earth from a thousand years in the future. Um, Even though they, they have are, all the technology that should tell them that this is Earth. Continue. They, well, <laughs> without giving too much away, Will Smith's character is aware that they are on Earth. Um, okay. It's, so basically, he lies to everybody, making this work. No, okay, go ahead. he does not lie. That's not what happened. Um, but they crash land there, um, and it's Jaden's character who has to eventually save, uh, get get them off of the planet, um, and take okay. on the creatures and the animals that have since evolved in the thousand years that humans have not been the predominant species on Earth. 
Um, here's why I liked it, um, and I understand. I understand. Trust me, with the films that M. Night Shyamalan has made post The Sixth Sense, he whatever acrimony he has earned, he totally deserves it. Um, but at the same time, he still knows how to. He's a very good visual director. Um, the movie was did have some very suspenseful scenes and. Um, in my mind, very touching scenes. And it's kind of really nice because it is the interaction between a father and a son, quite both, you know, figuratively in the film and literally. It's a father and a son not bouncing off of each other, you know, sometimes in positive and negative ways. And it's a nice thing to see. Um, Jaden Smith himself is a is a growing into a good actor. Um, he, you know, and most of the film is him. You know, it's not Will Smith. Will Smith is talking to him a lot, but most of the film is being on the shoulders of Jaden. And he carries himself quite admirably for a young man, a young actor. He's better than Kristen Stewart in Twilight. So right there is cool points to me. Um, well, so doesn't take Jennifer much to be Larson, better than Kristen Stewart in Twilight. So. You know, um, he, and, 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 you know, I heard the claims that there, I don't know enough about Scientology to know the, oh, well, that's Scientology right there. I, I didn't. Um, I liked it because it was it it was suspenseful. It had uh, some really touching moments in the film, and the kid is a, he, he, he he looks like he could take up the family business and go a long way with it. So, um, okay. but I completely understand if you know, when they, when you hear normally when you hear the name M Night Shyamalan, I try to jump out of windows, and that's even if I'm in a moving vehicle. Um, he's just messed mm-hmm. up that much, but but I think it's a good film. Yeah. But I. I totally understand if you feel like ranting because he has earned that yeah. as well. I mean, okay, cause this this is why I'm ranting because I read I read the synopsis like I read a pretty exhaustive synopsis of the film. It makes mm-hmm. absolutely no sense to me. It makes absolutely no sense to me that after everyone left Earth, okay, they ha- first they have the technology to leave Earth, then they're coming back mm-hmm. with all of this you know, more sophisticated technology. So the fact that they're coming back to Earth makes absolutely no sense to me, especially since they already knew that there was nothing there for them and that the planet was toxic when they left it. You know what I mean? Oh, it's the act- but then here's- well, I'm sorry, go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And then I was saying the other part is is that the the part about the aliens and why the aliens are attacking them is not quite fleshed out. And then mm-hmm. The the and then the the so called engineered you know monsters that they have that are designed to smell fear like is it with I understand M Night Shyamalan sort of like pseudo New Agey you know message spiritual message mm-hmm. about fear and right. shit but that shit is weak it's really weak. Uh, well I I don't know it may have changed from the synopsis from going from synopsis to script to film because how they wind up on Earth is completely by accident. Um, so it wasn't, they didn't necessarily, they didn't plan on being there. It was a, a, a mishap that made them wind up on Earth. Um, mm. With the the new, uh, again, you know, I'm not as versed in those philosophies as I am in others, but um, their technology, their technology fails basically because they're, they crash land and they're in a damaged ship. He's Will Smith is severely injured, his character, and the only person that can do it is the person that's least least qualified in this case would be Jaden because he his character because he's just a little cadet. He doesn't 
know what his father knows, and he has to make do with what he has. Um, and uh, the animals that are there, are, they're not, they're, they're, were there. They didn't bring anything except for one. Well, no, I mean, I know there was supposed to be some sort of animal that, or alien creature that was supposed to have, one. like, fear since yeah, they, they, capacity. Yeah. yeah, that didn't make much sense to me either. It it, it plays well for suspense, but, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you in that regard, yes. Um, that didn't make any sense to me. Like, why would you do that? But, uh, no, I understand. Again, it's it's not it's not unearned with M Night. He did it, and I'm not sure why he's been making such terrible movies in succession. But he did this one. Though, I mean, Devil was pretty bad. Devil was bad. The Happening was bad. Oh, the Village was yeah. bad. Um, I, I, I the Water was bad. <laughs> I try not to think about those films. Um, I don't know. And Why? That's like that's like that's more than half of his catalog. Right I, that's what I'm saying. It's like for me, it's just as far as I'm concerned, he's only made two movies: The Sixth Sense and The Earth. It's the only two movies. Oh my I mean, uh, even no, Signs I, was bad. I mean, you know, when you think about it, it's like the aliens come to. Okay, spoiler alert for anyone who's not seen the movie. Although you should just not see the movie, but <laughs> the aliens come to Earth. In, in signs, and somehow they realize, like when they're being invaded in their house, Mel Gibson and his family, that the aliens are vulnerable to water. So why would you come to a planet? Why do you have all of this high technology, and you come to the planet to a planet that is mostly water? Which, you know what I mean on its surface. Which implies a really sweaty guy. If you're just really sweaty, you could defeat an alien. Right, like that is. So ridiculous. Like, the aliens basically disintegrate when they come into contact with water. How the hell did you get across the universe, okay, or across or across the galaxy, wherever you came from, and not know that you're allergic, that you're deathly allergic to water? You know? And, and, and here's the other thing. And totally skip all of the other planets in our solar system that are completely <laughs> devoid of liquid. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no. Let's land. Let's land on that one. The thing that has covered with ninety percent of what kills the us. The stuff that kills us. Right. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like a safe place to land. <laughs> Ridiculous. Like. Uh, uh, you know, and then too, he he did again. If we're he did really hit a bad note with um with the last Airbender um. Uh, you know, the that was based on a show that I love very much, Avatar: The Last Airbender, and you know it was also what he did in that movie, where the the entire cast. If I don't know if you guys ever watched Avatar: The Last Airbender, but the entire show is based in you know Eastern philosophy and you know martial arts, and most of the cast are either are Asian. You know the avatars, yeah. and they made most of the they most made all the characters white. But white, yeah, yeah. And which is which is kind of insulting because M Night Shyamalan himself is Asian. You know, even yeah. In, but so. see, what would be what, it wouldn't be such a problem except that like here's the problem like in in any other case they would <laughs> usually use they would use white characters and say oh well that's just how they're written. You know yeah. what I mean? And they wouldn't yeah. be able to substitute minority characters, but in a situation where all of, all 
of the characters are Asian. <laughs> you decide right. to make most of them white. You yeah, know what I mean? I mean? That's crazy. It's just like how I think they're getting ready to make another Akira. Uh, or they're thinking about it. But they're thinking about making an Akira, Akira movie that's going to consist mostly of, or they, at least they were. I, I don't know. People made a lot of stink about it when they heard what the uh, casting I'm decisions speaking, were. But it's supposed to be mostly Caucasians. Which is utterly ridiculous. It's utterly yeah. ridiculous. These are not one of those yeah. things that you should translate. First of all, and I'm speaking as a straight up and down sci-fi geek um, and comic book fool, um, I it's there's things that you don't mess with. Like you don't need to put a spoiler on a BMW. This is what you're trying to do with the cure. You don't put a. That is true. You don't, you don't put a spoiler on a BMW. Yeah. It was perfect. It's perfect the way it is. It doesn't need <laughs> to be remade. Like it, okay. no one needs to remake Citizen Kane. It's the same with Akira. It's the thing. Oh my that God! Who would they so- even put in a remake of Citizen Kane? That's scary to think about. Like, mm. well, <laughs> that's well, these really days, scary to think about. It probably would be like Leonardo DiCaprio. Of course, because you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 because here's the thing: you can't. You gotta make. You you need makeup to make a person look human nowadays. So, with a person who's just ugly on the inside and outside, like you know, Citizen Kane was, you know, yeah. you'd actually have to put makeup on somebody pretty and have them act that way because no one looks average or that way anymore so it would be a mistake either way i'm just saying you know but with with after earth and i you know there's a lot of you know we were talking about this and i'm talking about it on my facebook page as well it's kind of like there's they're taking hits like will smith and in in the movie the movie itself and the smith family are taking hits that I don't think are necessarily deserved. I completely understand if people don't like the movie. I understand if people don't like M. Night Shyamalan. Again, totally deserves it. Um, What I don't like is this weird thing where they're jumping on Will Smith for putting Jaden Smith in the movie with him. And, you know, it's not about the plot. That makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, I mean, because nobody complained about Charlie Sheen and, um, and his father. You know, being no. in Wall Street, they didn't. Compl- well, I mean, they they don't complain about you know Michael Douglas and you know Kirk Douglas. You know what I mean? Like, come on. And yeah, you know, Bruce Willis's daughter. She's been in movies with yeah. them. Francis yeah. Ford Coppola. Okay, his daughter. Really? His daughter by himself destroyed the Godfather franchise. <laughs> yeah. I saw That's Godfather true. Three. Watch Sofia Coppola in Godfather Three. You'll slit your own wrist and put yourself to sleep with the fishes. I'm telling you, it's that bad. And but yeah, and his cousin and his cousin's not much better. And his cousin um, no. Nicholas Cage is not much better. Oh, but um, they keep giving him movies. <laughs> they do. They give him a lot of movies. They get him. Oh gosh. But they they give him. They're they're getting this kind of flack for being in these uh, for him you know, promoting his son's career that I don't see, and I don't know if it's just a race thing or something like that. If you've got a problem with that, then why is nobody taking it out of Lena Dunham for girls? She did the same thing. That whole show is a bunch of children that are trust fund babies, or my daddy was famous, or my daddy does this, or my mom does this, but they're not getting the same kind of, well, he's only in this movie because his dad is Will Smith. 
and it's really negative. So it's not even about the film anymore. And I can understand, like, your, your, your concerns about the film or your reasons for not liking them totally makes sense. Okay, you didn't like it, and I understand that. But well, I haven't even seen. It. I haven't even seen the acting, to be honest. I mean, I have some. I have some reservations about Will Smith as an actor, I, I, and I think that he works. I, I, I think he works better in certain types of movies than others. You know what I mean? But I think that I think that I would give him a chance based on his acting. You know what I mean? You know, whereas think, whereas M Night Shyamalan has a hor- a history of writing horrible movies and directing them horribly. Um, you know, in terms of you know the acting itself or what have you, but visually, I I I agree with you. Visually, his movies, for the most part, are very interesting. You know, yeah. But I would say don't. Otherwise, it's horrible. I would say don't give it a chance for um, don't give it a chance for Will. Give it a chance for Jamie. Uh, I would say that, and he's young. He's what, fourteen now? Um, and honestly. He's carrying this movie. As a matter of fact, okay. in the credits, in the credits, it's not Will Smith first. His name doesn't appear first. Jaden's does. He's the first character on screen, and he's the last character on screen in the film. And a lot of the heavy emotional scenes are not Will Smith's. They're his. And he equips himself nicely compared to a lot of these younger actors, like young child actors. I won't say child because he's when you look at him, he's clearly growing up and he's going to be a, a good-looking kid. He's, so he he puts himself, there's a very raw and emotional scene um, that requires a little bit of skill. I mean, that requires a lot of skill. And he puts himself nicely. Um, you know, it's him by himself talking to his father. And, you know, Will Smith is just sitting there taking it. And, uh, but, and there's a lot of scenes where, you know, you... You want to? I, I brought up Kristen Stewart, you know, with Twilight, where she she has about the same amount of emotional range as Driftwood, and you know, but they trump her performance. The same thing happens here in this movie, where there's a lot of emotional um, scenes that are, you know, very emotionally wrenching scenes, and the kid the kid does good, man. And and if there are missteps. Hey, he's only 15, 14, 15 years old. So I can forgive that. But if you go see it, forget about Will, forget about M. Night Shyamalan. I think the kid is the reason why the movie actually works. He's He doesn't play it He doesn't play it as anything other than what he is. When he's scared, it's because he's a kid. When he's, when he's brave, it's the bravery of a cocky little kid. And, you know, it, it plays well in the circumstances. I think... If you subtract the adults from the equation, I think you can really enjoy the movie. If you don't, I understand. But if you subtract them from the equation, get rid of the both the the father as a character and the director, just go with the film itself. I think you would have a good time. I I I, I did, and I I enjoyed it. I took my little girl to see it, and it was uh, we had a good time. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least you had a good time. I don't know. I might give it a ch- a chance. I might. That's a big mite. Because mm-hmm. if I find, you know, some extra money in my laundry or something. So <laughs> <laughs> But in any case, um if um since we haven't talked to you on the show before and I don't really, mm-hmm. you know, talk about a lot about this on my on my show typically, but um out of curiosity, um, how do you identify yourself? 
Um, I know that you said that you were kind of you made some criticisms of the church. So do you identify yourself as an atheist, as a free thinker, as an agnostic, as a humanist? So. I identify myself as, if I had to say it, it, with the most technical terms, if it was, yeah, then I'm an atheist. I don't, and, and you know, I, I I don't really, I, I like the label, I'm good with the label. Yes, I am atheist. I don't believe that there's a, you know, supreme being waiting above us to burn us in hell because I like to watch porn, which I do, but... Um, I don't think that's the case. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in all of that. It's, it's, I don't believe in organized religion. I don't believe in hell and an afterlife. This is all we get. Um, so I'm comfortable with that. I never really think about it, to be fair and honest with you. Hey, Kim, we have an, we have an idiot in the chat room. Can you handle that? Oh, okay. Let me go over here. Thanks, we have an idiot in oh, yeah. the chat room. Somebody was talking about Will Smith's um, other, you know, one of his other movies, Six Degrees of Separation, and um, he said that Will Smith was playing uh, the F word. You know? Yeah. Oh, he was. Yeah. Rhymes, he was, rhymes with hag. <laughs> so. He was French? <laughs> yeah, I know. He was French, exactly. He was French. He no, played French no. very well, no. Just kidding. Mr. Person no, in but, the um, chat room, can can I speak to that person in the chat room? Grow up, please. First yeah. of all, six degrees of separation is what? Is the stage play is almost 25 years old, and Will Smith's performance in that is what, 22 years old? Come on, yeah. man. Or or woman or a person, whoever you are, please grow up. I mean, yeah. it was, first of all, and the, and, and it was a good it was a good performance, too. So. It was a wonderful yeah. performance. It launched his career. It launched yeah. his career. Exactly. I don't think he I don't think he said he's taken a role as daring since he's been in Six Degrees of Separation. It's one of my mm-hmm. personal favorites. It's it's yeah. where he showcased his natural charisma. And, and he wasn't playing and he wasn't playing his usual sarcastic, you know, uh <laughs> sarcastic macho that he usually takes on. You know what exactly. I mean in every film. You know, which is and, I mean which is I mean, you know, a rare thing for him. Nowadays. And, and think about what he did when he did it. I mean, here he is coming from the hyper-masculine, overly sexual world of rap and going into where playing he himself a was an outside, right? Where he himself made himself stand out by not, yeah. by purposefully not using profanity and not yeah. calling women, referring to women as bitches. And hose. Exactly. Yeah. And and he took a daring step outside of you know, even and, and folks were cool with him not doing that, but for him to step yeah. outside of that at the time, late eighties, early nineties yeah. and play a exactly. black gay man. That's a daring thing. And he took that role right. and it again launched his career. Now, again, if grow up, just come on man, there's other things. There's other things that it's one of the reasons again why I'm not religious. Uh, if you can find a reason to hate a person for something like that, I mean, really, he he his his sexuality, his fictional sexuality of his fictional character in the movie upsets you more than Wild Wild West. Yeah, you might need to grow up. Right <laughs> That's funny. Exactly. 
<laughs> grow up on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely grow up on that one. Yeah. yeah um, speaking of which, have either of you seen Behind the Candelabra? Yes, I did. What did you think? I thought it was good. I thought they did a really good job. I was surprised. I thought it was excellent. It's just very hard to think of Jason Bourne and Gordon Gecko getting it on like that. and rolling <laughs> around in bed together. That's hilarious. Oh, you know, you have got to be, let's put it like this. You have really got to be really comfortable in your manhood to get through behind the cantilever because it's two of the most manliest men in cinema at this time. Like, come on. Matt Damon beat up a guy with a phone book and punched someone in yeah. the face with an encyclopedia. He's manly man. And then they got manly man in a way that most of us weren't comfortable with. Like, but see, really? that's the that's the that's the whole the whole thing that we have to overcome in this society is not thinking of <laughs> of gay men so, as manly men or as, or as men and changing exactly. the idea of what manly is because there's a lot of men who are you know heterosexual and you know cisgendered that don't. That don't that aren't read as being particularly manly because exactly. they might have an interest in something that is not the norm. You know what yeah. I mean? So. You know, I'm old enough. I'm old enough to remember Liberace when he was alive, and he used to watch him when he used to come on on TV. They like they show him, and even when I was a kid, I'm looking around at everybody else, like you know, like my elders. Some of my elders never made the connection. I'm like, really? You can't tell? <laughs> like really? No. Okay. You know what? I think and they didn't make the connection because they didn't want to make the connection. Because a lot of I think the people so. I think it was at that brilliant. time were yeah. Because I think at that time it was kind of the thing with like, you know, they were okay with you being gay as long as they didn't see it. No, because as long as they didn't see it, they they could deny it. You know what I mean? I think so. I think that's the case yeah. because but but this guy. I mean, the movie was first of all again HBO making movies is the best thing that really ever happened in television, in my opinion. And um, these guys are they're pros, man. Matt Damon and and but you know what the the, the funny thing about it is Matt Damon and, and Michael Douglas are spectacular, and that just goes without saying. It's Rob Lowe. If you watch it, oh yeah, watch Rob, Rob Lowe is awesome. Oh my God, Rob Lowe. Yeah. Rob Lowe's character is awesome. It's just that yeah. he needs to be nominated for something because I, every time he was on screen, I was like, I have to keep watching. His hair is fantastic. <laughs> it's like glowing. He did do a good job with the with that it's, character, it's and whatever like, wig they had on him was amazing. But I don't even think he's that, a okay, wig. I, I think, just had a thought. I had a weird thought. I had a weird thought. What, what if Tyler Perry had directed that? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I, think I just had a very I, weird thought. <laughs> I do believe that if the, if Mr. Perry had directed that, well, uh, well, clearly, well, I don't think he could direct it because Liberace actually got age, so he kind of beat him. Yeah. He beat him to the punch. Nature beat him to the punch. So yeah, I know. Why. He'd be like, "Damn, so, there goes my, there goes my twist." <laughs> there goes my, oh, that's, that was my stinger. <laughs> so, uh, right. Uh, but I, someone, well, at least someone would be wearing a sweater vest. That's that's definitely uh, right. <laughs> I think I think I think they would have made Liberace's character way more of a caricature than oh, yeah, um, than definitely. Michael Douglas played him. I think Michael Douglas did a really good job because when I saw when I saw the previews and everything, I almost was worried that it was just going to be like this really loud. You know, sort of caricature of you know of a queen, you know what I mean? 
And it really no. turned out to be a very different, a very human character that had really, you know, that had this really, you know, extravagant lifestyle, but was, but had very real problems, you know, was very exactly. vulnerable and, you know, struggled with his age, you know what I mean? And people yeah. finding out, and was definitely afraid of people finding out about his yeah, sexuality, and, you know? And, you know, and even with the, and, you know, and the character that Matt Damon played, you know, it could have just been written off as, a, you know, he was just a boy type, but his his feelings were genuine towards, you know, Liberace and, uh, his feelings were genuine, even though he, he is a little bit, he seemed like a little bit of a gold digger. It seemed like he also really genuinely, you know, had love for Liberace. So uh, it, that's where that's where the change, the fundamental changes come from um, that you were speaking about earlier. Making these people more than caricatures, that's yeah. the thing. That's what we yeah. ask Exploring for. their humanity. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, it's what we ask for as, as a people of color, African Americans. We ask for that. Hey, man, if you're gonna put me in, I don't mind if I play a role, but can you at least make me not talk and jive? You know, yeah, uh, that would be nice. Yeah, you know, exactly. that would be nice. And that yeah, they or found if you're gonna, or if you're gonna make me, or if you're gonna make me, you know. Um, you know, some kind of caricature as a gangster or as a bait or something, you know, can you give me a more complex sort of intellectual life? You know what I mean? Can you kind of, you know, kind of give me some dialogue that shows that I struggle with these other issues? You know what I mean? And that's... So I'm not just two-dimensional. Exactly. And it was a great film. It was, was, for something that was dramatic, it's supposed to be dramatic. It was also really funny. Uh, you know, and again, he nails. Uh, the, you know, he nails it. He nails it. The, the movie's just good. And if you if you're a, a, a different mind, if you're a good uh, like, just like good movies, just go watch it, man. I enjoyed it. You know, <laughs> my wife was on it. I was actually quite surprised because I wasn't. I wasn't sure when I when I sat down to watch it. I was like, this is probably going to irritate me more than anything. But it actually didn't irritate me that much because it didn't seem that stereotypical, you know. Nah. So, well, you know, like I said, HBO thankfully they're they're trying. I mean, they're not only trying; they've succeeded. Like with shows with The Wire, I think we got a lot of what we asked. When you look at when mm. you look at shows like The Wire, that it's a very complex. It's probably the most complex drama series on television where. Yeah. You, where the cops, the good guys weren't all that good, and the bad guys weren't even really all that bad. You can yeah, really. You and know, not just that, but you know, identify. we're going to talk about this book. There, um, there's a book, and I, the name of the book escapes me, but um, it's one of the books that we have on our book list. So maybe you'll join us when we have the discussion on the book. But um, mm-hmm. one of the books that we have on our list, um, I think there's a chapter that kind of deal. It well, it's it's about it's about um, illegible black males. So black men mm-hmm. that don't fit into, you know, the general stereotypes, you know, concerning right. black men. And so I think one of the examples that he gave was uh, were the characters of Stringer Bell and um, and Omar. Yeah. And the reason being is the is that you know while Omar is a gay character, he is not um, a sort of a flamboyant character, and he's not oh. um, a, a very effeminate character. He's very masculine and very gay and also very intelligent despite the fact that he didn't even finish high school. You know what I mean? So he'll sit and have a conversation with you about Greek mythology, you know? So, um, 
you know, and then of course Stringer, who is a drug dealer, going to school studying economics. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean so I mean you know, it's really interesting, you know, characters there. I'll be more I mean, first of all, uh, again, I liked I liked Omar from the moment I saw Omar. From the yeah. moment Omar came on the screen, he owned the series and still he was he still is the best thing about that show. Um, because exactly. he was the most the most complex character on the screen. And I really liked it because it tackled something in our community again we can't talk about. If you try to talk about, you know, uh, 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 just sexuality, just sexuality in, in our community, Omar can't be discussed. And it's, 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 I think it was so awesome that the most magnetic, engaging, complex character on the screen was a black gay man. And you gotta, you have to give credit to the writers of that show and, of course, Michael, uh, Michael Kenneth Williams for playing him so well. I mean, because yeah. he generated that discussion. You know, what yeah. is, what does it mean to be a man? Because I would dare yeah. anybody, if you know, I would dare anyone, yeah, go ahead and call Omar an F word to his face and see how well <laughs> right. that works for you. I mean. <laughs> really? You know? Really? He was he was by no means a Try it. Look, so, don't even have to say it say it uh, to his face. Say it under your breath. You know, <laughs> say it within you know, exactly. you know say it within hearing range of anybody in West Baltimore and you probably yeah. wouldn't get out of it alive. And that's a big deal. And mm-hmm. and it opens the door for it hopefully it did, and I, I think it did hopefully with the people that should be hearing it. To, to say, well, what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to, to be masculine? What makes a man a man? You know what I'm saying? Okay. I what, mean, what does it mean to be a black man? You know, yeah, exactly. Especially and especially I, a black man who comes from those type of circumstances, like yeah. you know, the sort of possibilities that you can think about, and you know, all of that. You know, so yeah, and I, very I, interesting. I, I, I can talk at length at that character. I watched it. It was a magnetic. Just a brilliant performance, you know, criminally underlooked, you know, at any kind of award show. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, you know, girls came out and, like, everybody's getting awards. And I'm like, wow, the wild was out for five years and I couldn't even give them one, not a, not one trophy. All right, whatever, dude. <laughs> and, yeah. But, again, yeah. you know. Well, and, uh, we're, I was just going to say, we're wrapping up. Um, Kim is doing her show tomorrow on uh, the us versus them mentality. Right, Kim? Mm-hmm. That and, is correct. Um, yeah. And then next week we've got who coming on, Kim? We will have Tierra from Feminist Apostasy and Vita from On Blast Radio, and we're going to talk about intersectionality in the free thought atheist community. And mm. the week after that, we'll have Anti-Intellect and Reverend Xavier on, and we'll be talking about black male feminists. Oh, yeah. That's the show. Well, most of the shows sound great, actually. I mean, <laughs> really just don't, you know, just don't change your dial, basically. You know, <laughs> just stick with us. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Yeah, the next two shows are going to be great. 
<laughs> well, I hope you will, Carl. I enjoyed this conversation. Have to do it hey, again sometime. It's it's the most fun I can have with two women without getting in trouble with my wife. So I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. That was so kindly. It also Thank has the benefit of being true. But uh, <laughs> let's, so thank, thank you guys you for joining for me today, and I'm glad that you enjoyed yourself. And like I said, you know, feel free to come back around as often as you like. Um, and with that, I think we're through. So take care. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Have a safe week. Amen. You got to take, take care, care everybody. Reason is our weapon of choice. Skeptics know that you do have a voice. Science is not so we'll be defiant as what we know, so it's best to apply it. Be you information, deposit the knowledge so you know ignorance is not an option. Welcome to the RSSB with your whole train of rose. Skeptical superwoman, but in plain clothes. No James Doe, nor is she a day old So the core arguments weakly molded like Play-Doh Kicking false info like Kato But it should be a J-O To expand your mind like a transit line Nothing is ever true Cause you think so is evident That you never win Cause the evidence you present is irrelevant In the present sense It's reckless and negligent You never ask questions or the things ignorance Is good to relish it So we spark the faith Cause you know the truth is hard to take Especially with so many falsehoods And we are the days Oh, reality, we start to be Shout out to the skeptics My freak thinking to live a cow Massage that fire heat Thinking the aim that you shoot to win the Lex You weak creatures, Christian scientists Choose to bait evolution Elitists in the government that hate the revolution Armchair, acting that you overstate Your contribution to the movement Cause they say they have solutions So it's best to listen and understand Skepticism is the religion And so we get a better vision of how the world works in What we call marvelous to make a better future You know that it starts with us Progressive thoughts, progressive talks The sharing of ideas, the medicine we need Under the source of the RSSP Say what? Under the source of the RSSP Lucky Land Casino Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess Aha, in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.